Hi, Gary Zacharias with the Apologist Bookshelf. Um, I'm doing a series of podcasts now dealing with uh, kind of like all-star books, books that I like a lot and you might consider for your bookshelf. Uh, last podcast I did uh, dealt with books on science and Christianity, and I love science, so there's some good ones there. This time I wanted to look at books dealing with history and Christianity. You probably know that History is being rewritten so that Christians look like they're ignoramuses and that they've uh, fought against change, they've fought against science, they've tried to keep women down. Um, all these stories are out there. And so I want to share some books that get back to real history and give us some good backgrounds on some of these issues. So let me start with a book that I already covered in one of my earlier podcasts by itself. It's called Under the Influence. Subtitle, How Christianity Transformed Civilization. Alvin Schmidt, S-C-H-M-I-D-T, is the author. Now, you're going to find that book, but you're not going to find it under that title. It's now called How Christianity Changed the World. And I think I covered a chapter dealing with Christianity and how women receive freedom and dignity thanks to Christianity coming out of the, the uh, Jewish world and the uh, Greek world and the Roman world. So that's one chapter, and that's a great chapter. But let me just give you some of the others uh, that this book covers. Sanctification of human life. Human life was pretty cheap before Christianity came along. How about this one? Christianity elevated sexual morality. Charity and compassion. It comes from Christian roots. Charity and compassion. I mean, think... Think back to the way the Romans looked at the early Christians. They were the ones that helped people. They were the ones that saved babies. They are the ones that tended the, the sick. So a lot of uh, charity work, a lot of compassion work there. How about hospitals and health care? They have Christian roots as well. How about imprint of Christianity on education? It was the universities that were started by Christians. And we don't you know, we don't hear that today. Christians are, are seen as uh, anti-education, which is crazy. Labor and economic freedom, Schmidt talks about, was dignified thanks to Christianity. Science. Oh, I think this is so important. He talks about the Christian connections of science. In fact, several of these books reference this, and it's not an accident. Science today is seen in opposition to Christianity, that Christianity is trying to uh, suppress it, keep it under its thumb. Absolutely not true when you look at the history of science. It was thanks to the, to, to the Judeo-Christian worldview that science flourished. So if you want a little uh, good background, you're talking to somebody who makes a disparaging comment about Christianity, uh, take them to this section here. Science has a Christian connection. Liberty and justice for all, another chapter. Slavery abolished. That's a Christian achievement that Schmidt talks about. How Christianity put its stamp on art and architecture and music and literature, the holidays, the words, the symbols that are part of our, our language today. These are all thanks to Christianity. And Alvin Schmidt has a healthy-sized book that covers that. It's 350-plus uh, pages. So that's a book that I would recommend. Here's another one. It's called Christianity on Trial. Subtitle, Arguments Against Anti-Religious Bigotry. Now that doesn't sound necessarily like it's going to be history. Oh, by the way, Vincent Carroll and David Shiflett are the authors. 
But uh, I like this, by the way. Chuck Colson writes on the back a valuable resource for believers and their families. So what do they cover? Here are the chapters. Pretty intriguing titles. Christianity and Slavery. Okay, there we go again. Is it is it the Christians that enslaved and kept people in slavery? Christianity and Science. You notice how a lot of these books have a section on that. Christianity and the Third Reich. I actually ended up, I'm a teacher, and uh, I ended up a long time ago having a extensive debate with somebody in the class that swore up and down that Hitler was Christian and it was the Christians that went after the Jews and things like that. And I was able to find some quotes, and this book has some quotes by Hitler. Um, see if I have just a second here to share one of these with you here. Okay, so here's Christianity in the Third Reich. Okay, um, I'm taking too long to get to it. All right, I better not do that. Okay, I'm going to skip over that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but uh, he covers the Third Reich, Christianity and charity, Christianity and the environment. Now, there's something that's a different. Are the Christians the ones that are ruining the environment? Christianity and American democracy. So lots of good things in this book. Again, it's called Christianity on Trial, Arguments Against Anti-Religious Bigotry. Uh, it says, these authors don't shrink from confronting the tragedies that have been perpetuated in the name of Christianity, but they argue that the anti-Christian rhetoric going on today is willful historical illiteracy. Wow. And these aren't necessarily uh, Christians that wrote this. I thought that was interesting. They said, this book does not stipulate or assume the truth of Christian faith that's written about Christians, but not necessarily for them. And so it says, for that reason, the vast majority of the authorities that they cite are historians rather than theologians. And I think that adds a lot to the power of this book. They're not necessarily using Christian authors to back up their claims. So, powerful book, Christianity on Trial. So, there's a second one. I'm going to do a chapter on that later. So, if I'm just, I don't mean to be teasing you with it right now, but uh, we'll, we'll cover that in depth a little bit later. Here's another really good one. Six Modern Myths. That's the title. Subtitle about Christianity and Western Civilization. Philip Sampson is the author. And uh, says he dispels a lot of myths about Christianity that people have bought into these days. So what kinds of myths? Well, how about this? Galileo. He was a noble guy who was chased down by the Catholic Church, uh, put the screws to him, tortured him, got him to recant the idea that the sun was the center of the solar system. And so he's a hero. He's a hero to science. He's a martyr to science. Is that story true? No. And so there's a chapter on that. How about Darwin? There's a chapter on Darwin, a chapter on the environment again. I think that's important. So that's the second book here that covers the environment because Christians are being accused of uh, ruining the environment. Um, I've got another book I want to cover later that talks about environment. Uh, the Missionaries. How about this one? A Story of Oppression. Let me take you there for just a couple of uh, points. It says, one person has written a book about the missionaries, and it's a story, they said here, of corruption, exploitation, and forced conversion, all the evils of Western colonialism, that they were part of it. This says, uh, missionaries accused of exploiting natives for commercial gain, colluding with expansionist colonialism, and even committing what they called ethnocide. All right, so this is what they're up against, uh, Christians are, when they try to defend 
what went on. Native people in many of these modern myths are portrayed as vulnerable residents in some kind of Edenic, perfect society. They're victims of oppression, and it's the missionary that comes and ruins it all. So that's an important chapter, I think, that we can set the story straight on missionaries. By the way, another really good book that you want to look at from a missionary perspective is uh, Bruchko, B-R-U-C-H-K-O. Bruchko is the story of a guy who goes into a society and works with them, uh, a tribal group that's pretty primitive. And you can see how Christianity, through the missionaries, does some wonderful things. Here's one more chapter coming from Six Modern Myths, The Human Body, A Story of Repression. Oh, yes. Yeah, Christians don't like the body and they want to shame people all the time. <clears throat> so I've got a chapter on that as well. So there we go. we got three books. Let me do four more quickly. I won't take up a ton of time. Here's a book dealing with a specific time period. It's called God's Battalions, subtitled The Case for the Crusades by Rodney Stark. And I really like Stark. I've read some of his uh, work before. He's an award-winning author. And he takes on this idea that the Crusades were kind of the beginning of European colonialism, that they went into the Middle East uh, looting, uh, grabbing land, uh, forcing uh, Muslims to convert. And he actually argues just the opposite. And I hope to cover this in a, in a future uh, podcast. But he's arguing basically that the Crusades were a response to Muslim terrorist aggression. Does that sound familiar? So it's a good book, something that you might want to think about. Uh, he even talks about things like Muslim culture. You hear that a lot about these days. A lot about that these days. That the Muslims had this wonderful culture uh, that, that got interrupted because of the Crusades, and they had this wonderful flourishing. You find out that Muslim culture was imported from the people that they conquered. So I'll, I'll cover this sometime. But a really, really good book. On the back cover, another author, a historian, says, "At last, a convincing, balanced book on the Crusades." far from the recent unsophisticated and ideological diatribes against them. And he shows that these were not colonialism in action. And I won't take the time now to get into that, but let me just say that the Europeans did not prosper from holding the land there. It was actually very expensive for them to do that. So they were not looting and pulling all sorts of wonderful things out of the Holy Land. All right, let me do three more. Let me do two by D. James Kennedy, who's since passed away. One is called, What if the Bible Had Never Been Written? And uh, he's got some really neat chapters here. Uh, let me just cover some of these. How did the Bible, now of course we're talking New Testament especially, but how did it affect morality, society, law, politics, the founding of America, science, literature, missions, exploration? So those are some really neat uh, chapters need possibilities to talk about here. So that's one. What if the Bible had never been written? And then a companion book that he put out that's got some good history in it. It's called What If Jesus Had Never Been Born? So there's a specific look at the New Testament time period, so Christianity. So what things does he cover? Well, some of them are the same as the others, so it's up to you if you can find this book cheap since it's an older book. Great. You know, maybe you'll find it at a used book store or something like that, or maybe you're um, 
church will have some kind of sale or something. So these are a couple of older books, but I think they're really worthwhile. Um, Christianity's Impact on the Value of Human Life, Its Contribution to Help the Poor, Its Contribution to Education, Civil Liberties, Economics. Now that's interesting, Christian Impact on Economics, Christian Impact on Sex and the Family, on Health, Medicine, Morality, Arts, Music. So again, something I think you would find very, very useful. Um, Chuck Colson said this, in a day when many professing Christians appear blissfully unaware of their cultural mandate, the authors remind us the church is to bear the glory of God in every sphere of life. The, this book is a compelling call to vigilance. Okay, so that's something you might check on. And let me end with a new book. And I've covered this uh, one chapter in the past. It's by somebody that I call friend. Uh, we know each other, and I'm really glad to call him friend, J. Warner Wallace. He's got a book out now called Person of Interest, Why Jesus Still Matters in a World that Rejects the Bible. He's come to our church. He's come to our apologetics class. He's spoken to our group via Zoom. And uh, so a uh, terrific individual. He's known as really the foremost cold case detective in this uh, country. So his book, Person of Interest, is talking about Jesus and how well he's known in different fields of endeavor. We get everything from um, the education, Jesus and education, Jesus and science. So take a look at this. Even though this is not primarily a history book, he does have his history chapters. And so uh, I like his, especially the chapter on Jesus and science. That's a really good one. Uh, good land. He's got a list of, oh, this is kind of interesting, Nobel Prize winners. So there's this pie chart that he's got there. Okay, is it true that Christians don't like science or they're trying to put it down? Hmm. Well, if you look at the list of scientists, most Nobel Prize winners have been, in fact, you ready? Jesus followers. Almost two-thirds of all the Nobel Prize winners. Almost two-thirds, 65.4%. Almost two-thirds have been Christ followers. The next biggest chunk is Jewish uh, Nobel Prize winners, 21%. So now you're talking about 80, hmm, 86, almost 87% of Nobel Prize winners are part of the Judeo-Christian worldview. That must say something. I think it does. So I think you would, uh, he, he says Christianity has, a, has had an oversized impact on science. I love his illustrations. He gets into the Galileo story as well. This is a good book. Uh, it's a big, big seller right now. So I know they'll, they'll be available for you. Well, I just tried to give you a quick rundown. I think any of these would be a great addition to your library. And I will get around to uh, doing some podcasts on these individual books as well. But uh, thanks for uh, listening. And um, we'll try another best of in a future podcast.